0: Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports where we are a guy and a girl who just really love to talk all things sports. Even in a time when we don't have a ton of live sports at the moment, we will always find something to talk about or someone to interview. So if you love sports as much as we do, make sure you're tuning in every Monday and every Thursday for a new episode of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports.
1: And thank you guys so much for choosing A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports to listen to. We know that there's some fantastic sports podcasts and just podcasts out there in general to tune into. So we really appreciate it. And if you enjoy this podcast, leave a review, leave a rating, and also don't forget to subscribe so you can get every single episode that we post. And then also, if you want a little daily fix of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on Facebook. They are both GG Talk Sports. But with that being said, let's get into today's highlights. All right, so we're going to get into today's highlights and then we have a fantastic guest coming on for our second of three parts of our last dance kind of recap and discussion. But with that being said, the first highlight is rest in peace, Eddie Sutton, one of the most influential or kind of impactful coaches that I personally have had the experience to meet in college sports. It was pretty fantastic. I got to go sit, watch him coach, and then he actually brought us back into the locker room to meet the players, got like a bunch of autographs. I was really young, so for me it was like...
0: Highlight.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it was a highlight and just like starstruck. So it was really cool. Rest in peace. Prayers go out to his family and everybody that he's impacted throughout his life. So the second highlight, this is an incredible story. If you guys were listening to the podcast a few episodes ago, we spoke about Ryan Newman who had a terrible NASCAR wreck. Well... Long story short, he is now returned to NASCAR.
0: Yeah, so he actually came back the last race, and it was in Florida, and now t- this weekend he was racing in Charlotte, so super exciting to have him back after a pretty crazy wreck. I think probably one of the craziest ones I've ever seen in NASCAR, um, but luckily, like we said, he survived that, was actually out of the hospital in a few days, and now is back to racing. So exciting for him, and also just exciting for NASCAR in general that they've been able to come back and start racing again.
1: Which kind of leads us into our third and final highlight of this episode, and that is sports returning because we have a couple of updates about sports potentially getting back to what they were. Maybe not exactly what they were, but sports at least getting back to something. And so NBA is expecting official guidelines to get released on June 1st, but some things have kind of been leaked. Apparently there's going to be a two-week recall of all the players to get back into their teams and marketplaces for a quarantine period, if you will. Yeah then workouts are going to be held at team facilities I think for probably two to three weeks with that being said as well. Yeah. And then they'll have about a two to three week training camp.
0: Yeah so they'll basically get the entire team back together in one place and kind of train as if they are like preparing for games again because obviously none of them have had that kind of training experience over the last few months and then they would expect that would take us basically to sometime in July that they would think they could possibly come back and I know that they've Almost basically decided, or the word is it, that they've kind of targeted Orlando as their location for bringing the NBA back in some form or fashion.
1: Yeah, apparently the wide world of Disney is the place to go for the NBA to start up, potentially. So that being said, we're going to keep kind of following along with this and let you guys know all the exact details when they get released on June 1st. Now we're going to jump into the NFL. Apparently, and this is apparently, guys, this is all speculation, this is what we can kind of dig up and find The vice president of football operations says that the league is planning a normal season until told otherwise by medical communities where stadiums are located. This makes sense to me. I know people are probably thinking, wait, so football is going to get back to normal? They have no idea. They're just saying the most optimistic thing possible, and they're allowed to do that because their season doesn't start for like two to three more months.
0: Yeah, and I know that a lot of figures within the NFL have basically just said that they're in kind of a lucky position because they're going to get to learn from both like the MLB and the NBA and the NHL and all these other sports organizations who will come back before they ever do. So they're in a pretty good position to be able to just learn and see what works best.
1: Yeah, so I think one sport, maybe not one sport that the NFL is looking at to really kind of fall along with, but with that being said, it's still a major league sport and that is the MLS. They actually just put out a proposal, which is a 10% pay cut. And a couple of other things along that line for players, and the proposal also includes a July tournament, which would start the MLS season. I've heard from the MLSPA, or what I've read, is that they're trying to get it reduced to 7.5% as a pay cut. So, I don't know, just kind of some fun facts and interesting things going on along with the MLS.
0: Yeah, and then the pay cut situation leads further into the MLB, which we don't have any new updates on that situation just because they're still in negotiations. So as soon as we hear more with the MLB, which I know a lot of people are excited to get back, we will let you know on that one too.
1: And then the final one, we have another UFC bout. Ooh. which is i know right you're actually excited about it which is crazy so with that being said there's going to be another ufc bout on may 30th we're going to cover this more on thursday's episode so like we always say subscribe so you can get the latest update when that episode comes out and kind of hear more about the card and maybe a little more analysis on that whole entire thing so that's going to wrap up our highlights now we're going to get into our second of three parts of our last dance discussion recap whatever you really want to call it and this one's with a fantastic guest of ours
0: Yeah, so we had part-time bro on to talk about the entire series of The Last Dance. She's a massive MJ fan and a massive Chicago Bulls fan, so it was awesome to get her take. We hope you enjoy. Make sure you follow along with her as well, and let us know what you think.
1: Yeah, and I do want to say, guys, there may be some slight sound issues due to Zoom kind of making amory sound like a little bit robotic yeah. at times <laughs> we but we're gonna technical exactly but I, with that being said we rolled with the punches we had a fantastic time interviewing her and we hope that you guys will enjoy this episode and then the next one's going to be ours just strictly us recapping what we think a couple of questions that we want to ask each other and all the above so let's get into it all right what is up everybody welcome back to the podcast we are here with a. Marie, part-time bro I don't even know how to explain everything that you do. I have a lifestyle brand, a YouTuber, a podcaster, an yeah, IG-liver. Right?
2: A comedian.
1: Chame- a chameleon of oh, social okay. media influencing is is what I came up with. So that, that's what we're going to go with.
2: I know. I saw in the outline, I really, I really appreciate that. You're, <laughs> like, you're like, chameleon of social media influencing. I was like, ooh, that's really good. kind of catchy, <laughs> right? I know. Now, listen, I, I'm an entertainer, and basically I'm just – trying to create a lifestyle brand part-time bro to make it a long story short
0: yeah so that's perfect though we're super excited to have together. You.
2: like I told you I'm going through a, a launch right now and everything I'm just basically like any lifestyle brand I'm just trying to redefine the tomboy through comedy sports media and style so that's that's it it's very simple
0: but I love it because we talked on your YouTube series about um kind of we like tried. We tried until technical tried. <laughs> difficulties derailed us a little bit. But talk a little bit more kind of about your idea of like women talking about sports and like how your comedy is talking from a female perspective, talking about sports too, and just kind of how like we don't have to be women in sports. We can just be sports fans.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm trying to help like kind of redefine the tomboy because like not that I, I like I love who I am as a person and a female and I've always embraced being an athlete. And I guess, like, everyone called me a tomboy my whole life, but I didn't like the word tomboy. Because yeah. it felt like I just, because I was, like, sporty, I and but I couldn't be girly. I'm like, why can't you just be who you are and be a sports fan, and that's it? Yeah, like, for sure. No, like, I never understood, like, in between stand-up comedy and sports media, everyone's like, everyone is always, like, if you're, like, a, I know that attractive quote-unquote person like you can't be funny you can't know sports it's like it's one or the other and so I'm trying to break that and break stereotypes and just like females who feel like they're into sports just I want to build a community where you're not threatened and you're just like you're just a sports fan exactly
0: you're you're not trying to
2: prove anything just just love sports you want to talk about sports you want to do anything about sports that's like that's where my community I'm trying to build this whole part-time bro community I I also think part-time is hilarious because someone called me that one day
0: I was gonna so say, like, how did you come bro, up with that you're name? A
2: girl, you're like a part-time bro. And I was like, that's actually really funny. <laughs> that is so.
1: Funny. So shout out to that random. Was it a friend or was it just some random person? It was, it was someone in one of my fantasy football leagues. Okay, so shout out to that random fantasy football leaguer that gave you kind of the <laughs> idea for this whole entire brand. So comical, <laughs> and
2: so perfect. I was like, that's so true. I feel, but I also feel like in life everyone's part-time at something. Oh, for sure.
0: sure. Or multiple. Like, things.
2: Everyone's a part-time everything. Like no one's, no one's full-time anything. I don't know. It's, no, I I, no a that's
1: very, a good. I mean, that's so. a good analogy. I like that because, yeah. for example, I feel like you got to have you can't have your apples all in one basket. I mean, that's like one of the most famous sayings. Right. Like, so, you don't
2: even know how to
1: describe me. You're like she's a chameleon. Yeah, part
2: time everything. So, all Come right. On. So, with and, that being it's said, not for women either it's for <laughs> uh, for all people, men and women. That's facts, I and want that's to the both.
1: and I think that's one of the reasons why we enjoy connecting with you so much is because even though your brand is part time bro, which is more tailored towards you know. I mean, essentially, if you hear part-time bro, you think, all right, a tomboy or female as a tomboyish thing, but you represent everything and everybody, which is so cool. In and between. Yeah, exactly. And so, I guess, kind of on a more funny note, how'd you get into comedy? Because I know that a lot of your comedy skits and a lot of things that you bring up comically are kind of based about, you sports know, like related sports-related, tomboy-related, sports. all the above. Yes,
2: it, it, you know, I feel like comics in general try to find it takes about they say about 10 years which i'm, I'm a little past 10 years now to like find your voice and i was like oh well i i've always wanted to combine sports and comedy but i was always like afraid to because we were like oh it won't work because you know i start for some reason i was listening to people that's crazy <laughs> it's crazy talk but i was like oh i live for sports and like no one not a lot of comedians talk about sports and there's so much comedy behind being a sports fan and just sports and ju- there's there's comedy in anything you just gotta you gotta look into it right for so sure I, I moved to new york uh i'm not from new york i've been in new york for about 12 years now and i wanted to be in, in entertainment i started off as a model i have dipped into a bunch of different parts of my entertainment acting and stuff but i went to a live stand-up show and i was like Okay, this is freaking awesome. Like I just like fell in love with the art. And I not that I never knew about stand up, but I don't know. I just like I I fell in love with it. I saw like a little independent basement show in New York City and I was like, I want to be a part of this. Yeah, that's so awesome. I started helping behind the scenes and then eventually everyone's like, You need to start doing it. I was like,
0: You're right. <laughs> yes so, I do. <laughs> that's
2: basically the long story short, like my whole life I did, I didn't never I never planned on being a comedian ever. Like, but now it makes sense to me yeah
1: so when did it click was that the moment like literally just that that exact moment was when you're like oh man i want to be a comedian or were you thinking about it up to like before that and then it was like oh I've
2: always, i think i've always considered myself an artist and like i said i knew I wanted to be in entertainment either like sports entertainment or something but i don't know i just like couldn't figure out like exactly what i wanted to do and then when i saw stand-up i was like i want to be a part of this like i just knew i wanted to be a part of it for sure i, but I didn't know that was when i was 21 and then about two years in a couple years in, everyone's like you should should do this you have such a big personality like i was like okay so i just like kind of i don't know i just kind of trusted the process and just kept going with it shout yeah. out
1: Joel and bead kansas trust, trust, the the process. Process.
2: <laughs> trust the process trust the process i mean i literally but think I of him all the like, time i'm but sorry i also felt like i it's it, i couldn't go wrong like even if even if i didn't make it as a comedian i could still always have it in my life
0: yeah for sure and then how did you kind of make it translate into social media too because you definitely have a big following there so how have you kind of made that transition into also having a social media personality too
2: you know I, when i started focusing more on my on the sports niche i started be i actually started focusing on and i you know by the way breakthrough today i had today Ooh. was don't chase opportunity chase chase skills and someone like told that. me that, and I was like, I don't know, it really spoke to me today. And I was like, oh, you should like focus on what you're good at and go from there. So
1: That's I true, though. I just
2: chatting um, and bantering about sports, and especially about the Minnesota Vikings, my beloved stupid team. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just have built this enormous following because of the Vikings, because that's who I like to talk about. So, and I Skull Nation shout-out? What?
1: Skull Nation shout-out? <laughs>
2: full nation shadow yeah <laughs> and i just noticed as a performer you you know you gotta it's just the way it is this this day and age it's not about what club you play at it's about the bong you have online so i've just been really trying to to focus and create an online presence it, i mean it's, it's it's time consuming but i'm enjoying it
0: yeah that's good i mean it is definitely time you know, consuming another thing
2: i realized by the way is i don't have until I did my relaunch for Part Time Bro, like my lifestyle brand, more than seventy percent of my followers were men. Hmm.
1: It's That's interesting.
2: Because I've really like really studied the analytics and I've gone through my profiles. Like, oh my god, I have no women friends on inter- on, on social media. Yeah, so I was like, I need to I need to change it. So I've been literally going in to different girls that I look up to and influence I go under their following I've been trying smart so many different females and it's really starting to help my brand but you did not realize the little things that like change your following just tips for anyone out there yeah
0: no,
1: yeah I think so I'm a huge social media kind of I don't know what the right word is what's the right word so yeah right so social media enthusiasts I guess is the right way of what you would want to call me but I love picking into like the fine details of things so like for example we have a really large following on Twitter instagrams not so much and i had to like dive deeper into like the instagram analytics and the twitter analytics actually figure out the things but with that being said this is a sports podcast so i'm sorry guys we will wrap it back in
2: oh, but i think people who are listening will really appreciate this because i didn't know like i i didn't even you know i, I started doing a little research it's a really important like you don't want to waste your time and energy so i think people even fellow sports fans or Will appreciate. No. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's true. And I think a I lot of the This was
2: following me. Oh, like, yeah. You should know you're following. Right.
1: Yeah. That's what I started to realize too and like the other thing I realized was like for example, you can have 20,000 followers and think, "Oh man, I'm doing fantastic." But in reality, you have five of those 20,000 that actually care about what you put out there. But on the okay. other hand, you could have like 500 followers And have a hundred of those 500 give a shit about what you put out there. And your return on investment or your return on following rate is way higher with the 500 than it is the 20,000. And like you
0: said, the return on the amount of time you're spending, like creating stuff and putting it out there too, would pay off tenfold if you yeah. actually have people we, who care about we it we don't limit ourselves
2: to sports we're also helping the world yes. exactly all right all right Social i'm sorry i'm just... sorry it's
1: two against one right now so i guess i'm <laughs> I'm fine with it i'm vetoed
0: yes okay but um back onto the sports topic one the thing we definitely wanted to talk to you about was the last dance series because obviously it just ended which is so sad and depressing because it was not enough we could have watched probably 10 more episodes on top of the 10 that we got oh yeah but we know that you are a massive MJ fan and that obviously you love the docuseries too. So just kinda of starting big picture, what was your biggest takeaway from the series and just kind of your favorite thing about it? I think like
2: overall it it goes to show that like Michael Jordan is like the GOAT. But like beyond the game, beyond the NBA, he was just like a cultural force. And not that I ever forgot. I think it's just like a reminder and brought me back to my childhood and just like and I think it's just weird with the timing of everything going on in the world and, like, you just needed this. Because I was, like, oh, my God, like, gave us hope again. Like, as a child, he like, changed my life. And it was incredible to go back to that time. But now as, like, an adult, that now I'm more wise. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Just, no, for know, sure. It was, like, it was so perfect. But I was nervous. I was nervous, so nervous leading up to it because I didn't want anything to be ruined for me. Even though I'm an easygoing person, like, I'm not one that – I'm very open, easy I would have still loved him no matter what, because whatever. But I was nervous that I was like, oh, this is a lot of pressure to put on, like, the world. Because this is the greatest, one of the greatest athletes of all time. And, like, humans and celebrities. And, like, so I was so nervous. And then, like, especially with parts seven and eight, kind of got dark. And I was like, oh, no. Are we just going to, like, go downhill from here? Like, what are we going to do? And then they like, came back fourth quarter, ninth, tenth. And, like, it was, like, so... So good, and because even like part nine, I'm like, oh, see what the we're going to see her, like where where is this going? But then it all made sense. So. No,
1: yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it was crazy to see. I mean, honestly, MJ was the first athlete to really put kind of athlete branding on the map. Like, if you really look at it, like without MJ, you would never have all of these crazy Gatorade commercials, all these athlete promotions that you have nowadays. Like, he kind of set the mark for athletes and brands to collide. And I thought that was really kind of fascinating to see. But I will say. On the other hand, what did you feel like when you saw all of the negative depiction of MJ? Because you said yourself you didn't want to like kind of have it hinder your thoughts on him. Did any of that negative portrayal of him, I mean, kind of mess with what you thought of the GOAT? Because personally, it didn't for me, but I don't. maybe it can for some.
2: I have been trying to be open-minded. Like I said, I'm based out of New York City, and majority of Nick fans, um, I mean, some of them are smart enough to at least respect the man. But a lot of them hate him due to them ruining their childhood, or anyone in the Easter Conference probably. But, um, and everyone thought he was mean or a tyrant or very sarcastic or, um, and I don't know if you can curse. Yeah, yeah. you're good. I curse. I call him douche. Yeah. I the, I mean, um, but I didn't consider him mean. I just was like, I, he's just so cool i like can't handle it uh, maybe because i'm a very dry sarcastic person but i can't pull off that what he does like it's kind of how you know, we are so many scenes that just like are gonna stay embedded in my brain now i'm like you have so much swag and oh, he yeah. was just a competitive like tough love kind of person and he's the kind of person who makes you better and maybe i don't know if it's because i was an athlete and in or into sports but i'm like i thought he was he just someone that makes you better so i i just i think he's great yeah Same. Everyone was worried that he's going to come across mean. I was like, I never thought he was mean. I thought he was kind of an ass sometimes. Yeah. But like, that was kind of his character and his sense of humor. But yeah. I thought overall, he was a good person. Like, I didn't think. Like, there's not really any drama or anything.
0: No, yeah, I agree. And I think, like, one of the telltale things that proves that was, like, they showed a lot of him picking on or being mean or being an ass, like we talked on that Scott Burrell character. Man, poor Scott. <laughs> and, um, I think it showed a lot when even he said, like, yeah, he was a pain and he was, like, super tough to be as, be a teammate of. But at the end of the day, off, like off the court and outside of basketball he was an extremely pleasant person to be around like he was a great guy it, i had no hard feelings for him he was just pushing everybody to be better and i think like one of the most iconic um scenes from the series is when he's like i just wanted to win and this is how i did it and if you don't want to do it then don't do it and then he's like crying which is so yeah, sad yeah he said like
1: break but, i was like oh man yeah. like ah oh, hit my heart a little bit <laughs> but, but like, i will that's say that's true like, also, shout out, like, Steve Kerr, too. He got punched in the face, and he still says MJ is the greatest of all time, and he had the utmost respect for him, and at the end of the day, I guess he kind of punched MJ first.
2: thinking that Steve Kerr and his uh, most, most fascinating, unreal, untold sports story with his dad and his family, like, I didn't know that about Steve Kerr at all, and then I thought it wrapped him perfectly, and maybe that's why him and MJ, So I was wondering why they brought up part nine, That I saw where they were going there, you know, and then MJ with his struggle with the losing of his father and the backstory with his father. So I thought that was cool how they full circled that. And I, I think it's cool how they highlighted certain players throughout the documentary in general. I know it's, I'm sorry, this was about MJ, but, and the, and the Bulls. No, not wow. at all. Yeah. Unreal.
0: Uh, yeah. There was a yeah. lot of like little side stories. I mean, there was Dennis Rodman, which we learned more about. There was Steve Kerr. We learned more about. Forest we obviously, Bryant. yeah, we learned more about Sony Pippen. Yeah. Yeah. There's Jerry
1: Krause, rest in
2: peace.
0: Oh, for yeah, sure. Oh. Seeing his like coaching background was crazy. I mean, I didn't really realize kind of how obviously he was a player, but then seeing his full kind of coaching story unfold was crazy too. But yeah, yeah, I agree. All the stories involved were.
1: No, yeah, I agree. I think the Phil Jackson thing kind of brings up a question in my mind that I want to get your take on. So we were talking with somebody. Was it yesterday? Yeah. I guess technically it'll be. The last episode of the podcast, which if you guys want to go listen to it, after this one, you can. But we were talking about who was like the ultimate goat of the Chicago Bulls organization. Is it Reinsdorf? Is it Jerry Krause? Is it MJ? Is it Phil Jackson? And I kind of had another group that I wanted to throw in there, which is it the training staff slash the strength coach? I mean, Tim Grover was MJ's personal strength coach through it all. Uh, who do you think was the goat the of this whole thing? Team.
0: Oh, yeah. that too. Yeah.
2: Shout out
1: the only person <laughs> ever beat Michael <laughs> Jordan, maybe. <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> um, I mean, I think it, I think I think it takes a village. I will say that, but you, you And then it's just you know, then they highlight the year you know MJ wasn't there during that era. They didn't win. I yeah. mean, so there's a lot of things you can battle, but at the end of the day, I think it. I think it. MJ is the
0: blue to everything though. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like
1: I mean, he said it perfectly, without the match, there is no spark and then there is no six rings. MJ was without a doubt the match that lit the spark. I yeah, mean, for
0: sure. He's the whole reason, like we said, like you just said, in that one season where he's not there, all the other pieces are still there, but he's not and yeah. they don't succeed. Yeah, he made so.
2: everyone better. So I mean I mean he just he's great.
1: No, yeah. I I can't argue it. I I personally I think if I was to answer this question, I think I'd probably have to say I think I probably have to say MJ. But with that being said, though, I loved the Phil Jackson part because, I mean, without Phil Jackson, they really wouldn't accomplish ever anything at all either. Too. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to see. And also, you then saw Phil Jackson go and have the success he had with the Lakers. Yeah. And then the Bulls yeah. were trash. But yeah. MJ was yeah. also gone. So that's.
0: Yeah, I think those two are definitely the biggest pieces of the puzzle. That without them, they wouldn't have succeeded. So.
1: What about you? You didn't answer, and I know you have a take. So
0: I definitely think that. MJ is the one that – I don't think he deserves all the credit by any means. Obviously, like we said, there's so many people who were involved who created that success, but at the same time, as genius of a coach as Phil Jackson is, without MJ, he doesn't win. Without Kobe, he probably doesn't win. So I think at every team, he was kind of like blessed with somebody who was exceptionally good. He did have two of the
1: greatest, arguably greatest players of all time.
0: Yeah, lead him there. You have
2: like the – and then you have the cast to support it. Like, you know, th- that's where you can go with the whole Kobe, MJ, LeBron. Look at the cast they had at the time they won championships. For sure. Like, you know, you, you, there's a lot of debates that go on top of debates. but Yeah. For sure. I think as a whole, no one can beat MJ in every category. Yeah. Like, I'm, it is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I agree. I think that Bulls organization throughout that that six-year, or that, I guess, seven. really seven-year technical period has to be maybe the greatest organization, sports organization of all time. I mean.
0: Collectively. Collectively.
1: I mean, it's insane what they were able to accomplish. So, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane.
0: Okay, so I have like a (laughs) a few big moments, and you've already mentioned one that will like stick in your mind, but I have a few big moments throughout the entire series that are like highlights for me like some of my favorite moments do you have one that's like this is the moment i'm gonna remember every time i think about that series that really is just like your favorite yes. what is it <laughs>
2: oh my god okay i have two okay can i have two yeah there- for sure Oh, for sure. give us as okay, many as you so want two is um when it uh, they just lost game one at the eastern conference finals in 96 and it's just like he always has the most ridiculous '90s fashion. I mean, whatever. I, <laughs> like he's sitting in the locker room with a cigar in his mouth, and he has a bat, and he's just like. And they're like, "You worried?" And he's like, "And, and they were all talking trash to him, so he's just like swinging. Back. He's like, just one loss. And he's like swinging the bat and like motioning it like these people can hear me. I know people are listening, but he's like swinging a bat, and he just has so much swag, and you just know. I'm like, oh. They talk tra- It's over. Yeah, that's a bad dude. Like <laughs> yeah, it's done. That's a bad dude. And I'm a big person on mindfulness and stuff. I'm like, you decide something, something's going to happen. Absolutely. So like, And, he, and he had, I was like, oh, my God. And then in the 98 finals, I think, is going into game six. He's laying, laying in the training room, and he's completely silent, which is, like, unlike him. And his trainer was like, see that? The lion's just, like, sleeping. Mm-hmm. It's, it, like, you just knew it was over. It was yeah. going to happen. And just, like. I think the coolest thing that will stick with me is just, like, any time they talk about his mentality, his mindfulness, that just, like, blew my mind. Like, they were saying that's his biggest gift is, like, he's completely present. Yes, and like I love that. Completely present. And he never let he lets go of anything he can't control, yeah. which is, like, so hard to do as a human, especially oh. played at that high of level of game. So I just... That's just what's sticking with me.
1: No, yeah, I think it goes to show especially also not just in the way he prepared but also on the actual court it showed too because like everybody said in those past in the second 3peat he was not the ultimate athlete that he was in the first 3peat. And so he had to use his mind, he had to use his creativity, he had to see the play happening before it actually happened, which goes to show I think he was probably one of the strongest mental I don't know how to say this appropriately, but he was probably one of the strongest mental people ever to live because to be able to mentally go through the things that he was going through physically and then his mind was like mentally telling him, no, we're good. Like you're going to go put the team on your back and still win. That's what was so impressive to me.
2: I I think a big part about being an athlete is mindfulness is one of the most important things as a human being, not just as an athlete. And so I think that's why people have so much respect for him because he is the one – I I I don't know many more. I mean, I know I need to maybe now. I'm inspired to learn about other people's mentalities, even Kobe and all these other people. Oh, yeah. God bless him. But you know, the Mamba mentality. But I just think greatness in general he's like the definition of it like yeah 100 percent. he inspires me to be more mindful which is incredible yeah me. that's what stuck out most of me yeah how he handles situations. i definitely agree like one
0: of to your point one of my biggest f- takeaway favorite moments was whenever um they were just talking about him saying like basically him being able to stay in the present moment and literally doesn't care about what's in the future, doesn't care about what's in the past, he's so able to stay in that exact moment. And then whenever he's celebrating their last championship and he's, like, playing the piano, and somebody asks, like, are you coming back next year? And he's like, can't we just enjoy this moment? Yeah. Like, I think that was, like, the perfect way to really put the bow on that whole point. But,
2: okay, he final... show weakness. Oh, he's no. not afraid to show weakness. He just knows when, like, after they won that one without his dad, like, after you just see him break down like collapse yeah and cry but like he's so strong it's oh, incredible it is insane. yeah no it's it's
1: insane and nothing against scotty pippen but i think it just and i'm sure i don't want to throw assumptions mj's way but i am maybe semi sure that whenever he put this out there there's a little shade thrown at scotty whenever scotty's back was kind of acting up and instead of Scotty yeah. coming in and playing at the highest of his abilities, he was yeah. just kind of a decoy. And instead of, you know, on the other hand, you had MJ, who had the food poisoning game, flu game, whatever you want to call it nowadays, and still put the team on his back and won the game. And so nothing against Scotty Pippen. I think he's a great, great player, but I think it just goes to show even somebody as great as Scotty Pippen doesn't even compare it to mentally, somebody as great mentally yeah, and as Michael Jordan. So much
2: Yeah, and also character and mindset and whatever, because, you know, Scotty, I mean, this will go wait. I know we're starting to wrap things up, but, like, even Scotty being selfish and not a team player when they let Tony Cuco take that last-minute shot instead of him, and he decided not to go into the game. Yeah. That's not what you do. No. And I don't think – I think MJ would have handled that differently. I don't like comparing people. I understand why he would be mad, too, at that time but i don't know just stuff like that like yeah maybe you wouldn't been in even in that situation for tony Hugo to take the shot
1: no yeah even
2: though mj didn't care to pass the ball to steve kerr or um you know what i mean like Paxton, uh, yeah like yeah so you know whatever
0: i agree okay final question are you gonna watch all 10 episodes again
2: <laughs> yes i am because now um I think I like to rewatch. I like to re- Well, oh, I'm just like obsessed, and 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 you know, there's no live sport. Well, soon, hopefully, we'll have live sports. Fingers but crossed. I, I, it's just it's something I want to rewatch because I was kind of I was I think I'll watch it differently now. Now that I've learned a lot of stuff or was reminded of a lot of stuff, so now I want to rewatch it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. We're definitely gonna rewatch it as well. We already talked about it. I know. But- I
0: feel like there's gonna be a lot of stuff we missed too in the first time around. So I'm excited to see it again and not have to have week breaks in between it too. I kind of just want to watch it almost that's like 10 hours of a day but still like watch it yeah, all the way like, through like like a like a, like yeah,
2: a like
1: weekend
0: yeah, yeah like exactly. a binge weekend we gotta do totally. it
1: but with that being said i guess this is going to kind of wrap it up due to technological errors we are <laughs> yeah, sorry I'm So glad we pulled it off into
0: like four little quarters <laughs> I, know. Know. So, I know
2: i know i'm glad we've connected you know i'm here to support anyone in sports media and you guys I'm, so, I'm so i'm so excited we connected i'm excited to do more stuff in the future same sure. thank,
1: you so yeah, thank you so much yeah thank you so much we truly appreciate it. we hope everybody enjoyed to listen and then i guess if you would kind of close it out where can everybody find you because i know that like everybody said instagram twitter youtube you name it you got it i'm really excited about oh my god we we looked for my new website
2: my landing page for everything it's going to be all on one page it's so freaking cool love it it. yeah signed on a logo today that's a big step big big step
1: congrats
2: but, yeah, you could just find me at part, P-A-R-T, underscore, T-I-M-E, underscore, bro, on everything. That's it. Perfect. That a- makes it a- so A-3. easy. The letter A m m a r i e, like Marie, but with the letter A in front of it. Yeah, perfect. perfect.
0: Well, thank you again seriously so much for coming on and chatting with us. We know you loved The Last Dance as much as we did, so we were super excited to have the conversation.
1: We truly appreciate a a a part-time bro, hopping on to talk The Last Dance. So thank you again. Everybody go follow her. Check her out. And uh, don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and a review.